0: You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFanion. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be. By putting myself in the center of things or even my kids, I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-Centered Mom thanks for listening. I am uber-duber excited about my next guest because he is a very special person in my life. Um, Probably because, first of all, he gave me life. Yes, today's guest is my father, and I have had the privilege to have he and my mom staying with me this last week for Thanksgiving. Uh, they currently do not live in the United States, and so It's a treat when they get to come visit with us. So without further ado, let me welcome my dad, John Price.
1: Heather, it's a treat to be with you.
0: Thank you. Now, the main reason I wanted to have you on is uh, to help moms get a vision of how they can be intentional in training their children about the Bible, teaching them the Bible, and spending quality time with them. I felt like growing up, you did a really great job at teaching me a lot about the Bible and taking one-on-one time with me. So, my very first question is to take you back. When did you become a
1: Christian? Well, I became a Christian in my mid-early, mid-early 30s, and that was after spending quite a few years walking contrary to the way that a person should, as a young attorney and involved in the political process. And there came a point in time in my life after my wife had accepted Christ, and I spent one year debating her about that question, that I realized upon reading a book on an airplane coming back from California on the Red Eye Special, that Jesus really was who he said he was, that there were over 300 promises in Scripture about him as the Messiah. He fulfilled all of them. And I realized that it was not something just to historically recognize Jesus as a figure, Mm. but to know him personally. So I bowed my head on the airplane, and I asked him to come into my life, and that was 43-some years ago. Um, and since that period of time, it's been an exciting journey watching him at work.
0: What was that book?
1: The book was called The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, and it was a book about prophecy, and he talked about the fact that no nation in the history of the world had ever gone out of existence, been scattered all over the face of the earth, and then come back into the very same location with the same name, Israel.
0: And had the same traditions and the same culture, and yeah. I think that's very interesting. And
1: God said he would do it. Uh, He said, I'm going to scatter you, uh, what the Jewish people called the diaspora. And they were scattered, and then he brought them back. Uh, It's a miraculous thing that Israel is there today. Israel is really the center of, of the universe. And God says throughout his word that he loves Israel. And so for the nations of the world who have tried to uh, either attack Israel or betray Israel or, or mistreat Israel, they soon find that that doesn't work very well. Uh, Dr. Summerall wrote a book called Jerusalem, Where the Empires of the World Go to Die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, anyway, that's <laughs> that's how I get now to Now you can see time.
0: where I get a lot of information. This guy knows a lot of stuff. But I think a key part of that is to realize you said you became a Christian in your 30s. So you were, were your parents believers growing up? Did you have a family history of faith? Or did, this was, this is a new thing you and mom were starting.
1: Well, my father really didn't come to faith until he was in his 80s. I believe my mother, uh, who died very young in my life, I was a freshman in high school. Mm. Um, I believe my mother probably was... A Christian, based upon a few things that she said to us before she passed away, um, but as a tradition, our tradition religiously was that we attended church on Sunday, okay. um, and occasionally on Wednesday night, and we always went to the to the box dinner, where you'd go in and make a bid on the box there that you knew that Alva Lee Sizemore had brought to the dinner because you wanted to have dinner with Alva Lee when you were 12 years old.
0: Who is Alva Lee?
1: She was the pastor's daughter. Um,
0: And everybody made a box dinner and then you bid on it? uh Uh-huh,
1: and you'd go in and bid. and, And so what happened at the box dinner was that the different guys would try to bid on a box that they thought would have really good chicken or whatever inside of it because the person who made that box had a reputation for making really good food.
0: So you're matching... What you think, it's like a mystery, but you kind of already mm-hmm. know the reputation of the cook.
1: Well, and also, Alva Lee tells you ahead of time that it's the box with the blue bow. <laughs> and then you bid high for that, and you get that box, and that way you can have dinner with Alva Lee.
0: Was this a fundraiser for the church?
1: I'm sure it was. Okay. I'm sure it was.
0: All right, so you kind of, you were in the church, but as far as, like, conversations at home, or having Bible study with your dad, or... No. Spending time in the Word personally, it, that wasn't happening.
1: That was an era that if somebody had even mentioned the phrase Bible study, they would say, well, that must be what you do on Sunday morning during the service. Mm. Because we didn't have separate Bible studies that I knew of. Um, and I went through high school and into college without even knowing that there was such a thing as a Bible-believing, dipped-in-the-blood <laughs> Christian who really, truly believed what the Bible had to say. I mean, that's just not the way we thought or talked. It was more of a time. culture. It was a culture.
0: Yeah. Everyone goes to church. If you're not at Everybody church, went to church, you're kind of judged. But True. not for the right things, just because you weren't at church. Right. So um, mom became, my mom became a Christian first. You guys right. argued, then you came to faith. Right. And one thing we haven't mentioned is I am not the first child. I have an older sister who's 16 years older than me and an older brother who's 11 years older than me and then there's a big gap and then there's me and then I have a younger brother who's two years younger and this is all you and mom same family y'all didn't get remarried not other parents involved but there's a spread of from my oldest sister to my younger brother of 18 years and it's kinda like two two separate families
1: which what by the way, we didn't plan it this way because we didn't plan anything, <laughs> but it's exactly what happened in my family
0: oh that's right you I had
1: an older sister and brother, and then there was eleven year spread, and then I had a younger brother, so there were four of us with a spread in between the two, and that's exactly what happened with you guys. It worked out really great.
0: It was perfect, and you and I are the third, and so they were we the are. best ones uh, no question no okay. question, like a middle oldest perfect child. No question. Um, But with my older sister and brother, you were not a Christian until my sister was 10.
1: Approximately. 10 or Mm -hmm.
0: in her. And so when you came to faith, what did that look like in the home then?
1: Well, early on, it didn't look like much um, because I was still finding my own faith, finding out what I believed and why I believed it. Um, But there came a point in time, eventually, when God got my attention. And then eventually, as we started homeschooling our children at home... You
0: homeschooled me.
1: With you and your little brother.
0: And my little brother.
1: Uh, I I think when I was in second grade. Or third grade, third grade. Early on. Yeah. Um, And uh, my wife, Kathy, your mom, did the yeoman's work of the homeschooling. However, I had two roles in that process. Um, Before I would go to work, generally, if I was able to do so, and usually I was able to do so, we would do a little Bible study, and I would help go through whatever Bible chapter or book we were studying at the time. And then also, once a week, we would have a donut date.
0: Yeah. And we would trade off. So I would get one week, and the next week, my little brother would go... So you could you dedicated a Wednesday morning. Was it Wednesday?
1: Yeah.
0: Wednesday morning, you just went in to work a little bit extra late. Right. But you had the luxury. I mean, I think that was the difference between my older brother and sister and my younger brother and I, the two families, is that you were starting off your career with them. Right. And with us, you were established, and so you had the flexibilities and the freedom. You may have come mm-hmm. home later. I think lawyers tend to have mm-hmm. later hours. But Sometimes. But... But you could go in later mm-hmm. um, and so yeah i I mean i I remember that kitchen table going through revelations we would we learned about the armor of God. I mean, I remember working through a lot of different Bible right. verses, and then the donut dates, let's talk about those because I think is a a novel thing i don't I think you made it up where'd you get the idea?
1: You know, to be honest, and since you mentioned that we were going to do this, I've been racking my brain to <laughs> think, how in the world did I come up with Donut date. I don't recall. I I don't, I don't want to take credit for making it up. It just happened. I probably heard it at, at a conference or something. But basically what a Donut date is, is that we would get in our little car, myself and whichever child was going with me, and we go over to a local donut shop and we'd get a donut or two, and usually maybe orange juice or milk, and go over to the corner, get a table for two, and we would sit and talk. And we would that would give me the opportunity to find out what was going on in my child's mind because after a while they realized, because I emphasized this, you and your brother, that you could tell me anything you wanted to tell me, and it would be safe that you were okay to tell me. Mm-hmm. And if you were having big troubles with Molly McGuire, a name I've just made up.
0: Totally. There uh, was um, no Molly I went to school with.
1: <laughs> that um you could tell me anything about that and then I could maybe give a little advice sometimes yeah. uh about how to handle the problem with Molly. Yeah. Um or if you were having a problem with a sibling or right. anybody else and then I could we could discuss that. Um, Eventually, over time, the donut date became important, I think, for both parent and child because it was not only just a bonding thing, but it was our own separate private time right. where we could just get away and be by ourselves and not be concerned about what somebody else was thinking or doing. Right. And it was kind of an important time. And then, after you all finished your education and graduated and moved on, I started doing donut dates with the grandchildren, except then it would only be when I would see them like every six months or every year. At the holiday or... At a holiday time, and I would take them out for a donut date. And then I would ask them three questions.
0: Yeah, this is good. Um,
1: What did you do in the last year that you're the most happy about, the most pleased that this event occurred or that you did? Yeah. Secondly, the reverse of that, what was the low point, the thing you wish you could do over again? Mm -hmm. And what do you plan to do? What are your goals for the next year? Mm -hmm. And I do recall one time I was out with um, two of my grandchildren, whose names (laughs) shall not be mentioned. And I started with the boy, and I said to him, uh, what would you like to do in the future? And he said, well, I would like to get $100
0: hundred dollars. I said, good. okay,
1: well, that's very nice. And so I said to the girl, what would you like to do in the future? And she said, I would like three things. I would like to get closer to my friends. I would like to grow in the Lord, and I'd like to learn a lot more about the Bible. So I turned to the boy, and I said, oh, well, having heard that from your sister, would you like to change what you would like to do in the future? And he said, yes, I would. I want $1,000. <laughs> so you can learn a lot by uh, talking to your children. <laughs>
0: I think it's good, and I and I remember, and maybe you don't remember this, but I had a Precious Moments Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would bring, and they had little devos at the bottom of each page or something mm-hmm. that would kind of go through a scripture, and we right. would pick one out and talk. It was kind right. of a point to talk from.
1: It was a little pink girl on the cover. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was good times. Mm-hmm. That's a good mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Not that they have that available anymore, but you mm-hmm. know, um, and I think I don't want any listener listening to. Th- one, put this kind of level of expectation on her husband. Man, I wish my husband would do that with our kids. Your husband may be at the starting point of his career and that's just not an option. Your husband may not be a believer. Your husband just may not have that kind of initiative. And um, I want to tell you that that's okay. I think um, it's not just your husband's responsibility to do that. And in fact, I had started, I think, because I had boys home a lot, so they weren't homeschooled, but they're home a lot. Um, inspired by Sally Clarkson, I started doing a tea time with my boys. Um, because it's not just girls that can, can do tea, right? Boys can be.
1: They can have cokes.
0: They can have cokes, but I'm saying they can do tea and they can learn about proper tea. Down Abbey, they had tea, right? That's true. It's That's it's true. a it's a cultural thing in the UK to mm-hmm. have afternoon tea. So they love it. They go and they pick out their tea. I have a wooden box and they pick out one and I have these special silver cups with their monogram on them that my mother-in-law and father-in-law had given us. And I heat up some water and put it in there. And then my mother-in-law had actually given me the idea of cutting up anything, really a pop tart. You don't need to like (laughs) make a special, special treat dish, but, um, a pop tart or banana and you slice it up and you put it on one plate and then they pull from that. You know, you say, oh, you can have four slices of banana. You can have one piece of the pop tart and they think it's super special all of a sudden when it's cut up and it's put on a plate and they only get so many. But then I have somebody pick out a Bible story and we sit at the table and it's amazing where conversation goes and how much longer Mm -hmm. we marinate in the scriptures Mm -hmm. when we're sitting there with food and drink and um, just taking time, almost like the tea is seeping. I feel like it's the mm-hmm. word is seeping into their hearts, and they're asking good questions. And mm. I think that I just really want to paint pictures of intentionality. That um, I think so many people leave churches because the children's programs aren't exactly what they want, or um, they complain that their you know their sch- Christian school isn't doing a good job and in, in helping their children. Know God, and I think that we can do these things at home. We can do them in the car, talking, bringing up theological questions, even, uh, and we can do it at our kitchen tables. And it doesn't take but ten minutes, thirty minutes for you. I think a donut date was an hour,
1: or less, or less.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Like driving and back, maybe.
1: Right.
0: Um, Yeah, or with the grandkids, you just would walk down the street to Mm -hmm. one and come back.
1: Right.
0: But I think just um i don't know, think about your week your day when when would be a time maybe it's a saturday morning you just take one kid and your your husband stays home with the rest or maybe you offer to stay with the kids so he can if he's interested in doing that don't push him right it never works
1: yeah i i think subtle suggestions um and hey i just heard about this thing on heather's blog that i think really would be fun maybe we could suggest it to some of our friends or whatever um, <laughs>
0: maybe <our> a small, <laughs> small group
1: without saying i think you've got to do this
0: yeah yeah i think it yeah i mean i think we can be subtle. Sometimes you can just sit down with your husband and just say, right. I think this would be good one-on-one time you could have with our kids. Mm-hmm. And if, they, if it goes to a spiritual thing, that's great. If they just want to ask those three questions, what was your highlight low light of this week? Right. What's your goal for this week? It doesn't even have to be the year.
1: Right.
0: Um, but anything else
1: you'd have to say? Um, I, I think it's important if the husband slash father is willing and even though he may not feel that he's totally trained and capable, that's not the important thing, to have the child hear coming from his mouth words from the Bible and words of faith. Mm. And because I think a lot of husbands slash fathers have certain beliefs inside, but they don't always verbalize them. Um, Women tend to be a little more verbal. That's the way God has made you. And they verbalize for the children. And So in in a lot of cultures, including the American culture, children expect the mom to be the spiritual one, but they don't hear the dad saying the spiritual things, Mm -hmm. even though he may believe them. So if you give him the opportunity to teach Bible study. Mm-hmm. All he's got to do to teach it is to read the verse, go over material like you were talking about. There's a lot of good material. And then discuss it. Yeah. And then also have a donut date and do the same thing. Discuss it. What's God doing right now? Yeah. So they hear from his lips right. that he believes these things. I think that is really important in reinforcing and making godly men and women as they grow up. Yeah. Because it can't just be a single gender process.
0: Right. In the in the goal, and and I would say that if your husband's not there, he's nowhere near it. That should maybe be where your prayers are directed. Right. You know, every morning or at night. Um, not that he needs to know. There's a great book, Praying for Your Husband, that um, I think is awesome. I'll get put that on the show notes. That that the Lord would move his heart, that the Spirit would move, right. and it could be as simple as at bedtime reading a Bible story when he's you know you're, they're already in their pajamas, they're already. There ready to hear a story, and you have one of, you know, your Jesus storybook Bibles or your Action Bible for boys is a great Bible. It's comic book style um, Bible stories, uh, and then praying before bed, just even hearing those words of faith through prayer. Right. Um, I think that and and modeling. So I don't think even those conversations in the car can happen unless I'm spending time in the Word. If I'm not, if I'm not dwelling on the Word, I I, I don't have anything fresh to offer them. Mm-hmm. But if I could say, hey, you know, I was reading this, and right. and I think it's really neat. It applies to what's going on for you today. Mm-hmm. I think that can be helpful.
1: And that gives you material for the teachable moment. Right. I, I, I don't recall the seminar, but I remember attending a seminar at one point where the speaker essentially was saying, teaching your children in a structured, regular format is good. We're supposed to do that but that what is generally caught and goes deeper frequently is a teachable moment uh, yeah. where the child doesn't have his shields up and he's not sitting there thinking, okay, all right, I'm going I'm to have to be assailed by, by a formal study. But riding along in the car and have something happen and have the parent express a thought of faith as opposed to yelling at a driver right or something like that um, i have never yelled
0: at a driver oh wait okay no i think that's that's the deuteronomy right as you go along the way as As you you go go
1: along along the way yeah and it goes deeper
0: yeah i think that's good well dad thanks for um taking time out of uh the relaxing vacation of watching four young boys
1: it's an exciting adventure to be with four young boys Mm. And it's something that as I pray on my daily basis, I pray for Heather Mm. because having the uh, stewardship, Mm. it's an awesome stewardship, of four young boys and helping form them uh, is really an amazing gift from God. Yeah, It's not easy, but I don't find any verses yet that say, okay, this is the part of life where it gets really easy.
0: Except for if you take his yoke. He says that's his easy. His is easy. that's his burden's light. That's true. It's when I make it hard, I I worry about other things. Yeah, that's, that's the only
1: easy. Yes, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, but not perfect.
1: <laughs> true, true.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Dad, for being here. Thanks for your prayers. I'll take double doses. And
1: thank you for routine. eating all those donuts with
0: me. Of course, definitely. The, the rainbow sprinkles are the best. Or the cake with chocolate cake frosting. Cake chocolate frosting. That pretty was pretty tough my to favorite. Be. Yeah. All right, thanks, y'all. Have a great day. Okay, God bless. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with He, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service, and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you, and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.